I got I got I got I got I got money, 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 money on my bees, cause I'm gaining all these honeys. I got money, 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 money. Money is the virus, cause these niggas at the buggy. I got money, money. Hello and welcome everyone to the Genuine Content Podcast with your hosts Jay and Josh. Jay, we're back for another episode. Lots going on, man. Talk to us. How you been? Man, everything's good, man. I'm, I'm running on E right now, man. I've been running on E for the past three weeks. Uh, man, but everything's good, man. I, mean, I feel... It's, even though I'm running on E, I'm a little refreshed because I'm not really working. So that's that's always a good thing for everyone who don't know. I just had a I just had a daughter, so I've been on paternity leave for three weeks already. So it feels good not to work. But I'm always working with the podcast, so... I'm still doing stuff here and there, but you know what, man? Every day's been a blessing. Can't complain with life, with work with uh the podcast and the support everyone's giving us so i'm good man what about you man uh it's funny because i was just about to say the same thing i'm running on fumes myself man this last like couple of weeks like just work-wise has just been absolutely bonkers like deadlines reports travel like i just came back from dc and uh there was no vacation about it it was all grind mode but uh you know learned a lot um Got to talk to some uh, very, uh, very awesome like health professionals and get a, get a little bit on their expertise and uh, get to know them a little bit. But Jay, obviously, man, like you're the head honcho right now, man. Like, what's the uh, what's the most fascinating thing you've learned since being father? Like, what's the biggest takeaway so far in this short amount of time? It's crazy uh, for me. I, you know, I, I've been like really about me and my wife, right? It's just always been about us. And I guess lately, before the kid was born, uh, I was, I, I've been doing well at work and then uh, I really had time to be selfish. I had time to, if, if, if anyone ever watched like Parks and Recreation, there's uh, this scene called like the treat yourself scene. So I've been at, like treating myself and stuff being like, it was fi- I had time to finally be selfish, right? Like, buying stuff with no remorse right? like i was just like if i wanted something i can get it and and since the baby's born like everything just changed like i've never like in an instant just dropped everything for her like it's everything just solely been about her it's like no everything's gonna be for her she's my legacy from here on out whatever i do will be for her so i went from being low-key a selfish person for like, a few months and so now it's like now like everything's always gonna be about her like if, if i'm gonna do something I got to make sure she's okay first, but then like with, with the recording, right? I got to make sure, oh, can my wife watch her? You know, do you need some help? I can have my, like my family come or maybe her family come, but it doesn't matter how tired I am. I just look at her and I'm like, man, it's all worth it. Like she could be screaming her head off and she does that all the time. And then when she's sleeping and I look at her, I'm like, man, like that's like, she's my world, right? Like I, I'm going to do whatever I can for her. So like that's I just awesome, I, I, I to love someone's that unconditionally just like from the day she's born like that you you will only know that once you're a father because it's crazy like you wouldn't think that until like I saw her when the doctor gave it to me I was like and immediately like she's my world like and no one could take that away from me that's, so real, that's man. it's huge man yeah yeah that's blessings time and time again man and once again congratulations to you man and uh. You know, best wishes to to you and the missus as as you go through this journey, man. Uh, 
Girl Dad is is the new title for Jay, man. Uh, and uh, speaking of Girl Dad, we uh, yes. we have another guest on the show that is a two time All American Girl Dad, and uh, we'll give him the chance to introduce himself as well. <laughs> but uh, the, first of all, we want to thank everybody for joining, everybody for listening to the podcast so far. This is episode six. Uh, and, and we've been extremely, extremely humbled about all of this, uh, our journey so far. Please, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at genuine underscore content, content spelled with a K. Uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts on, on wherever you get your major platforms and podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, YouTube as well. We're on that. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, without further ado, you know, let's introduce our guest. We have a jam-packed episode. We're taking a little bit lighter approach. We're going the sports route, but actually a little different approach too. Comes up. Oh yeah, yeah, a little different spin on how we usually do things. But you know, we've got a, a sports-focused podcast for you all with the NFL draft coming in a few days. Uh, Dariante, take the reins. Introduce yourself. What you got going on? And we mentioned girl, dad, family life. So uh, talk to us about that, since you're kind of trailblazing when it comes yeah. to both of us. Uh definitely, man. It's um, me and the wife. We have two girls, so I know where Jay's coming from. With when you get that first one, definitely, man. This my my girls are eight and one. So and their names are Brooklyn and London. I love them, love them very, very, very dearly. And it's like when you when you do see them and the work you put in and like like Jay said, you be at, you you on E every day. So it doesn't it doesn't stop. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It's Never, man. Got to, it but doesn't life. stop, but it's all it's all worth it, man. And it's and your kids, your kids are your legacy. But um. So me, a little bit about me. I'm I'm born and raised in Gainesville. Um, I played sports, grew up playing sports, basketball and football. Um, the older I got, I wish I played baseball, but that's another story for another day. Uh, you know, so I'm I played quarterback my whole entire life. So of course I have a different perspective about how the game's played and um and, and a different view on everything. And I see things a little bit different. Um, right now. Um, I'm an insurance broker with Florida Blue, and I, you know, of course, I enjoy my career. Very, very fun. Been married. I've married. Coming, it'll be three years. July 17th. I've been married with my with the wife. So life, life is life is going pretty well right now. I can't can't complain. I'm just honored and humbled to be invited to the podcast and and give my perspective on on things. So I'm just excited to be here. Man, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by all this greatness. We might call this episode Three Kings. What y'all think? <laughs> hey, I so, agree. I mean, hey, sounds good. Hey, but Dariante, man, we we appreciate you coming on and, and sharing a little bit about uh, you know your origins, especially when it comes to sports, but but definitely life as well. Um, no, it's funny because when you're when you're at the barbershop and and funny story we actually have the same barber you actually connected me with uh with yours and he's family to you and um you know usually most people talk about their glory days and they always hype themselves up like you know i was doing x y and z you know the deal like everybody gasses themselves up but it's actually the people around you who are always talking about how you were that dude and so give hey this is your chance to flex man like what was the stat sheet looking like man like what were the vibes like 
Let's well, do it. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I try not to. I try not to hype myself up too much, man. Um, I, I know. Back on that. I mean, obviously, I look. I look at half the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, like, and I'm looking like, okay. Um, I know I was better than him. Like, there, there's no. It's <laughs> not a. That's not. That's not a question. But, um, my experience, you know, in high school, I dealt with a lot of prejudice. I, I well, I said. I but I dealt with a, a lot of prejudice situations when I was in when I was in high school that caused my my high school career to not be what it was what it could have been. Everybody else knew fans, parents, players. Everybody everybody knew who was the man. But you know it happened how it happened. I still ended up having you know about well, it was a twenty about twenty two scholarship full rides to go play ball. It was um, Division two and NAIA schools that that recruited me. Um, I ended up going to, uh, well, not going, I actually, this is no, I ended up not going, but I, ended, I committed to Iowa Westland. It's an NAIA school and, and, um, in Iowa, obviously. Um, and the reason I went there is because they said all the quarterbacks, you know, either graduated or left. So I seen an opportunity for me to just go in and play from the jump. Um, but then mm-hmm. things happened and around that time, that was 2012 when I graduated high school around that time, it was, um, um, around then when that concussion when that concussion stuff started to come out about what it was doing to the body and how it affects you later on oh, in yeah. life. That's when all that stuff, all of that stuff hits. Because in high school, I had a lot of, I had three concussions in high school. I had three already. And then before then, when I was coming up at age seven in the early 2000s, there's no telling how many concussions I had all the way up to then. Because back when we first started playing, they just said, oh, you got your, you got your bell wrong. You'll be okay. You got a headache at eight years old. And you're just like, okay, well, I just got, well, no, no, I had a concussion. But well, it wasn't a thing then until, you know, the past about 10, 12 years. Now it's a big, a big deal. So I decided not to play ball anymore. And I decided to go into, and I went to college and then, um, the intention was going to college was to become a business owner. And then when I was like, mm, I think I, I can be a business owner without going to college. So I dropped out of college with a 4.0 GPA. Um, and I've been in business ever since for myself. Of course, I worked some jobs, but, you know, my, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur now. And, you know, I'm striving every day to be better. You know, got my got my hands in, in, in a little bit of in a few things. And hopefully, you know. I keep getting well. I will keep getting better and, and providing for the family and doing what I got to do. So that's that's where I am now. And you know, I got two girls. Like I said earlier, and married. So life is life. Life is life is good. And I have no regrets about not playing either. So you know, but that's that's hey, that's kind of what I went through. I tore my yeah yeah man. It was I tore my labrum my senior year and my left shoulder. Yeah, it was. I, I was like, nah, I don't need to keep doing this, but. No, I mean that's that's like that's, that's one of the sport. untold stories in, in sports and athletics, man. Like that risk reward mm-hmm. when it comes to you know that balance of like past injuries versus future risk, and, and it seems like you made yeah, exactly. very much made the educated, correct decision, man. Especially with all the information that's come out around concussions, yeah. CTE, mental health, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to actually I mean, come on, go Josh. back on that. What's I up? mean, Josh, when you think about it, like you think about NFL players in like in regards to this, like like Andrew Luck, right? Remember, he only played like what was it, six, seven seasons, and he 20, was like, you know, he was twenty eight. Yeah, man, he, mm-hmm. he you he had a Hall of Fame career already. Like you knew he was gonna be a Hall yeah. of Famer. This man, and what happened? He just he can't do it every day. 
Just like a uh, Luke Keekly oh. from the Panthers. Yep. Couldn't do first it anymore. Bat, still a first battle on family. And then there's this yeah. one guy. Uh, this happened recently. I think I sent Josh this article. Was it a guy from the Raiders or was it a guy from the 49ers? That he, I mean, I think he's probably second or third string, but he found his old Pokemon cards. And he realized, man, I can just start selling this and do this instead of NFL because... You know what? Like I can, I can live longer. I can preserve my health even more just doing something else besides NFL. Like you know, he probably made some money in NFL. He's like, you know what? I can make money doing something else. So it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's people now that like, what you, like was it? I know Shannon Sharp said it. Like when he, when he, the people ask him, he he's like, yeah, you know what? After all the injuries I have and I messed up, whatever, I'll do it again. But some people that he talked to was like, yeah, I wouldn't do it again. Or if I have a son, I wouldn't let him play football. Like that's the thing right now, and it's crazy. Yeah. And I I recently came across a, I think it's like the Derek Wolf story. It was like a defensive end for the for the Broncos, and he was talking Bronco, about how, Broncos and Ravens. Yeah, yeah, and he was talking so much about how you know he was he was legitimate legitimately injured, and and us athletes we know the difference between hurt and injured. And he was talking about how the doctors were clearing his injuries within a week's time. And there was no way in hell he should have been playing. And he came to the conclusion that, you know, the league and this game called athletics, they don't care about you one bit. You know, you will you will sacrifice it all if you do it. You know, if you really just go out there and just go reckless abandon, not care about yourself, not advocate for yourself, you will risk it all. And so you made the decision mm-hmm. quick and early on, man. Sometimes it's just not worth it. But um, no, because you got you got you got. My thing is, I just want to elaborate what what you guys are saying because you got to think. Even if I would have made it to the NFL and, and say I got a I got a, a hundred million dollar contract, or even if I just got a, a Jalen Hurts contract, you know, it's still hot. You still can't put a price on your health. At the end of the day, because you still got kids, you want a wife. That's the most important thing in life, to me. Most definitely, least. that's that's the most important thing in life. And I and I I've successfully found my wife, and I got my I have two kids, and that that's still the most important thing to me. So that's that. And man, this football is rough, man. And the guys that make it that far are blessed. Man, they they are they are they are blessed because to not I'm not saying they, have, they weren't injured before but to not have any major injuries to make you stop playing or any career in the injuries or haven't had a lot of concussions and things of that nature you know it's it's they're blessed man like Tom Brady really played 23 years man he's been playing football since he was like 8 and he only had one, one major injury one that, that, that was know. in 2011 yeah, that was yeah. the that's when he tore his ACL that first get Bernard Pollard when he hit him. You know, so yep. it's it's got to be blessed, man. That sport that sport's rough, and then and plus I I blame myself a little bit because of how I played. So it wasn't all it wasn't bad it wasn't all bad luck because you know you tell you telling the kid that six one two two thirty. Like I did leg day with the lineman. I was squatting six fifty at seventeen years old. You know. It, I was a I was a big strong kid, you know. It, I, I try to use it to my advantage sometimes instead of running out of bounds or sliding or you know ducking the hits. So I'm taking the hits on, and that that didn't help. So actually, shoot, Darianta, you just kind of segued into my very first question. Like growing up in Gainesville, man, especially with University of Florida so close. Like, what was football culture like for you growing up? 
Well, it was everything. Um, my dad was a monster. Like he, my dad was one of the best running backs in the area when he when he was coming out in the nineties. Um, he um, he had he still has his boxes of all his letters from colleges. Like the boxes, it's a huge box full of letters from USC, Florida, Miami, Florida State. All the big schools you could think of. Um, so, me being his firstborn, it just was in my nature to play ball. Um, and my dad ended up actually going to Valdosta State, which is uh, um, a division, FCS school, what they call it now is FCS. Um, and they were they won national, they won like two national championships when he was there. They were they were awesome. I remember going up there as a kid and and watching them play. Man, they they were they were they were legit. They were really good. My dad actually ended up going to the NFL. Um, he made the team, and then he tore his knee up, and and he oh, ended man. up getting cut. So they, yeah, so that was the end of that story. So, uh, so football, football is is really really big in my family. My my grandfather, my even my grandma, my mom, they they all are huge Gator fans. They watch the games every Saturday. They go hard. Like it's it's football is a big thing, and even when even when I was coming up playing, I started playing football at seven. Um, I didn't play quarterback my first year. I played tight end, played D end, D tackle, outside linebacker, and I was pretty good. But then my second year, I started playing quarterback, and then I was I played quarterback ever since. And they were at every game, supported me at every game, um, from little league through high school. They were they were there. So football. The culture here in Gainesville is, is crazy. It's it's football. Well, at least I can say for my family, football is a is a, is a big thing on both sides. That's what's up, man. And uh, you know, obviously, you know, at at a certain point in time, like you you started hitting, you found a, a good level of success. School started, you know, talking to you a little bit, like. Talk us a little bit through that process, kind of leading up to that first offer. Like, what what did it feel like to like know that? All right, you know this. Well, people are looking at me. Like, what's good? <laughs> well, I can I can tell you this now. This is my recruiting experience. Not saying this is for every. Not not saying this is what everybody goes through. But this is just me. Like I said, I went I went to Beholds High School, and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of situations that happened and, you know, deal with some, some prejudice situations with the coaches and everything. I dealt with that my entire high school career. So mm. they, at Buhopes, they hold letters for, but they held, I don't know about, well, I'm pretty sure they still do the same thing now because the same people are still there, but um, they held letters from, from us. So we don't even, we didn't even know about if you got a letter from Florida. You, I didn't even know until maybe the next year. And they're like, oh, hold on, hold on. You got this letter from the University of Florida. And I'm like, okay, um, it says last year. And then by that time, coaches lose interest because they just thought you didn't reply to the letter or you didn't show interest because of. So that was my experience. So I actually did my own recruiting. My coaches didn't help me at all. Now, granted, I still got invited to the UF camp. I got invited to the Miami camp, which I did go to those. I got invited to FSU camp, but I had a Florida. I'm not a Florida. I'm sorry. I had a family um, event that weekend, so I didn't go to the FSU one, but I did go to the, to the UF in the Miami camp. And when you go to the camps, the experience you get is is really really good. Um, in a sense of people think they make it seem like it's it's unreal. Well, at least the school I went to, they made it seem like it was unfathomable for you to go D1. 
it's not that hard if you got some sort of level of talent. It's, it's really not that hard. Because when I went to the camps, I went to UF camp, I flew right next to Luke Del Rio, who started for the University of Florida. Yeah, My arm was a thousand times better than his. Oh, that's perspective a for the Gator fans out here. <laughs> like, behind, behind me, behind me, that's when Muschamp and Charlie Weiss was the offensive coordinator. They were standing right behind me because how it works at the camps, how the quarterbacks kind of compete against each other, they throw together. It's two at one time. They throw together. So you got two receiver and DB lines, one on this side and one on the other for each quarterback. And I'm killing. I'm I'm putting I'm putting velocity. I had a strong, very very strong arm, very 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 strong arm. Um, and and I put it on display, and they were like, "Who's this kid from Buholz?" And they're they oh wow, good ball. That's a great ball. And Luke Darrio's over there with his Elite Eleven shirt on. I'm like, I don't, I, I didn't care about that. I wanted to play against the best. I actually stepped up because I knew who he was. I knew his dad was Jack Dario, number one, who was the coach for the Raiders at the time. I think it was the Raiders or the Jags he was the coach for at the time. I want to say the um, Jags. Yeah, the I want to say it was the Jags at the he time. He was definitely there for a good um, clip. Yeah, so, yeah, he was there for, for a minute. So I was like, I want I want you. I want I want to see what you got a lead 11 shirt on. Everybody knows what a lead 11 is, especially if you play quarterback. We know we know what that means. So I was like, I want I want to go against you. You committed to Florida. Let's see what let's see what you got. Destroyed him, and that let me know. Then I was like, actually, I'm pretty good. I think I'm I think I'm solid. Then I went to Miami. It was the same the same thing. They they you go to the camp the first part of the morning. They're just trying to figure out who's who or whatever. Everybody. Throws, throw, well, it's to position. You go, that whole position group is together. Then the second half of the camp, they split it up to who they think is the best. So it was three groups. It was an A, B, and a C. Of course, I made the A group, and the A group is the people who gets to go. They get to go to the facilities after the camp, which the facilities in Miami at the time were were amazing. So I made that group. So in my mind, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm way better than you. I gave myself credit for man. And but it was just like I said, it was just a school. And then I ended up, but. My junior year, I didn't tell you guys this. My junior year, I actually broke my foot. I missed the whole my whole entire junior season, whole season gone. Um, you know, I missed. I played the first two games, and and I broke. I broke my my um, a bone in my foot that took six months to heal. So it took it took my entire junior season, and then I missed over half the season my senior year with my torn labrum. So it was, yeah, yeah. I had so I had some I had some injuries, but but that let me know. But I still ended up scrapping. You know, helping myself get recruited. Um, and sending my stuff out, and I ended up getting some, some, some scholarships. At like I said, at about twenty-two, and you know, but I but I let myself know that I that I can go anywhere because in the sport of football, if you're good, they're gonna find you. So, no matter what school I went to, if you're good, they're gonna find you. So, and I, I just needed to go somewhere where I know I can play immediately and put my talent on display, and you know. But like I said, I ended up. You know my story. I ended up not going because of the injuries, but. Man, it, it, it's it, to me maybe because I just felt like I was good. It's not hard to go D one, man. You just like if you have kids, make sure they go to a school that's going to promote them and actually play the best player, and not because dad is a lawyer here and we got relationships here and things of that nature. So that was that was my experience. That was that was my experience. I actually had a Florida recruiter see me play in ninth grade, and he he approached me after the game and he says, "Son, what grade are you in?" I'm in ninth grade because it was a JV game, and he was like, "Keep playing, you you got something." And you know, but you know, it didn't didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. But I still I still did what I had to do. 
I still would have made it if I would have went and played. At least I feel like I would have made it if I, I would have played. But you know, that was my experience in it. Like I said, I, I, I that I, I can't speak for everybody. The recruiting experience is fun, though. You know, you get visits from the coaches. You know, you get to go tour the campuses and and all that good stuff. So it is fun. It is fun. I, I would say. Hey man, I appreciate that uh, peel behind the onion, like first person perspective, because. Uh, we were talking about this like oh, yeah. off air. Like Jay and I, uh, we are we have like officially nerded out when it comes to oh yeah, we're nerds like, now. Sports rankings, <laughs> like football recruiting sites, <laughs> and like trying to get all the latest scoop on all this. And like what you kind of showed us is that and told us is that it's very illuminating as far as how some of these rankings might take place, and it's really like exposure oh, politics. slash politics and all that, and it's. That's wild, man. Can I add another piece? Can I add? I forgot. Oh, yeah, this yeah, piece. yeah. Man, I'm, I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you an example of politics. Okay, so I remember now. I remember we were on the way to pay to play Treasure Coast in Port St. Lucie. It was our first game, right? Oh, that's my so wife. We had a, you better talk um, nice. We had, we had a <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I Be know. Careful. It's funny. It's funny because me, you know, me and Maisha are good friends. So it's it's funny that. We played them, yeah. um, but that was my junior year. This is my junior year, so we had a magazine. You know how ESPN had the recruiting magazines, all that stuff. So at the time, Jeff Driscoll was the number one overall recruit, yeah. and so me as a competitor, I'm like, oh, he's the number one overall recruit quarterback. Let me see. He's my class. Let me see what he's about. Open the magazine, look up his season stats. I will never forget, and I will never forget what I seen in this magazine. It said eleven touchdowns six interceptions i said wait is that for two games was it two games or is it for one one was that the whole season and you're the number one overall recruit so because when you go to the camps like you go to the unarmored camp and get exposed that's something i didn't know when i was when i was coming when i was you know through my time because if i would have did that then i'm pretty sure i would have definitely been up there but then when you go to the camps and you just show a strong arm and all, and then plus when you go to camps, you're throwing to the best of the best receivers and all that stuff. So they're like, oh, this guy is blah, blah, blah. He's 6'4", 5", 230, can run, strong arm. But when you actually turn the film on, you're like, um, I don't think he's that good. And when he got to Florida, what did he look like? Yeah, that was a, a lot of shaky politics. at best. <laughs> Exactly. It's a lot of politics that goes on in this recruiting stuff. A lot of people aren't that great. Like they they try to claim to be. You can make a phone like like Deion Sanders said at one time. I can make a phone call and make a kid a five star recruit. You know, so it's a lot that goes and it's a lot that goes into it. Now that you do have some dogs out there. Now don't get me wrong. You know, it, it's some it's some it's some dogs out there that are five star recruits. But if you look at the NFL. There are more FCS. If I'm not mistaken, the last time I checked, there's more FCS players in the NFL than in our D1. That's a crazy stat. Like, if, it's, it's, <laughs> everybody looking to everybody, everybody's situation is different, you know. So, you know, it's it's just it just is what it is. Football because when you because you can't hide when you put the pads on. Ain't no yeah, you're right. The tape don't lie. Ain't no cap. Mm-mm. The tape don't lie. The tape doesn't lie. 
Uh, Jay, you remember how hyped we were about Jeff Driscoll when he was like showing up on campus, man? We were like, oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> like, we've been a clean man. Up I now. think, man, I was super hyped. And then he, we had that one good year, right? That one really good year. And yeah. now, in hindsight, it's like, you know what? We were good because the defense was elite, not because of exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You had, we had John Bostic and Jelani Jenkins, and we were running yep. the football. It was, it was Mike Gillisley. Oh, Gillisley, man. That, that Absolutely. Was, it was Matt Elam on the back end. It was uh, hey. who else was it? I remember I had class with Boy Gillisley. He cool. He he was real cool. Yeah, I let him yeah, cheat a couple times. I didn't care. And he was yeah. he was like the second half <laughs> hero, man. Like all of a sudden, like it'd be like yeah. seven three or something, and then all of a sudden he's taking off. Like as soon as halftime is wrapped up. He's getting the ball. Yeah. He's taking off, man. Like they, they were, exactly. they were cleaning out in the second half, just running out the clock, <laughs> just manhandling the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what football is one is up front, man. Yeah, trench game was strong back then, man. Trench yeah, game was definitely was, strong. You had, you had Dominic Easley, Sharif Floyd. Man, it was. Oh man, they were some rock stars, man. They were. Oh, they were monsters up front. Hey, well, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back to those glory days of Gator Nation, man, with uh, the legitimate well, five stars, year. legit dogs. Oh yeah, uh, we just had this spring game, man. I was there in person. I saw the the light show, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> the lights came out. <laughs> the power was out. Wait, hey, this season's a wash. I tell you that much. I didn't even watch it, but I saw like I just saw the message boards, and I mean, I saw little clips here and there, man. Man, I'm, I'm I'm probably just ready. I'm ready for 2024 at this point, man. That season. I think everybody is. Cause I, yeah, DJ Lagway. Because at least we get DJ. Yeah. If it's a, you got to keep him. Got to keep No, no, no. We keep him. We keep him. I chill. Yeah, yeah man, he's, he's not going anywhere. You just don't. He's not going anywhere. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, uh, I think what Nape has got, man, is a very solid recruiting foundation. Um, but he's gonna. It's gonna take time, yeah. man. He's a structural, organizational systems guy, and he's just gonna mm-hmm. build the pieces around it to make it work. But do you you have some thoughts yeah. on it? What on the regime? What's going on? Well, I actually I like Coach Nate. You know, um, because I like where he's building the team. Because this is this is what I what I what I take from it. Remember when Nick Saban first got to Alabama? He built oh, the yeah. team around up. He built the team around the line of scrimmage and running game, and that got them to an elite level pretty fast. They didn't have the best quarterback, but they they had a great defense, great defense and offensive line in a running game, which vaulted them to Alabama. They they just got to a tag of Aloha, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones years later. Remember, it was Greg McElroy, John Parker Parker Wilson, or whatever his name was. Um, yep. it, it was uh, Blake Sims. It Randall's. was. It wasn't. It didn't have. Uh, they we won a national we, championship with the. We could have played QB, man. You talking about AJ yeah, McCann? But, but, him too. But who was when they beat Clips and when um I forgot who the uh, um, what was his name um, but but whatever. But anyway, the fact that I don't remember his name is is making my point. Exactly. But, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's that's 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 how he built it. So fast forward to Nate. Nate understands that we first number one, which we didn't have on the Mullen. We didn't have this recruiting army that that we didn't. We didn't, we weren't spending the much as much money on recruiting as we are now. 
Um, because that's the lifeblood of college football, man. You got to spend money in recruiting because if you don't, you're not going to get the guys that you need to bring your program forward. So that's number one. Number Fact. two, Nate understands, understands, look at a lot of recruits we've been getting who have been offense and defensive line. That's where football is won. I don't care. I don't care if you have Tyreek Hill, um, a prime Randy Moss, a prime Barry Rice. You got uh Tom Brady in his prime quarterback, and you have Emmitt Smith, that running back. But if you don't have an offensive line, it's 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 not it's not going it's not going to go as well as you think it could go. You have to have an offensive line because, and you have to have some sort of a running game. Now this year, I know we're going to be able to run the ball. That's that's not. We have a great offense. We have a great offensive line. We're going to be pretty good on defense, I think. But the question is. Man, it, it, in today's age now, like I was just saying about Nick Saban was able to get away with that 15 years ago. But today, because of the passing game and all that stuff, you need a quarterback, man. And Graham Mertz is not it. We have some good guys, Aiden Mizell, and the young guys that's came, that, that have came in. Because last year we didn't have anybody that scared you to take the top off of a defense, which opens up the defense. We didn't have it. Everybody was slow as dirt. Yeah, Everybody. no speed, no separation. No speed. At all. It was no speed, no speed at all on offense. And when have you ever seen that from a Florida offense? We had no speed. So you you nobody scared you. I mean, Hendo look, always looking like he has bricks in his shoes when he runs. You know, we we're not we're not nobody nobody scared anybody. So we gotta we got now we have some young guys that's came that's coming in that's gonna be really good. But it's the it's all about the man that's pulling the trigger. Because he's gonna have to make plays. We want to win big. You gotta make. He's gonna have to make plays. And I don't. I don't believe. I hope he. I really hope he proves me wrong. Don't get me wrong now, but I don't believe he's that. He's not that guy. He wasn't that guy at Wisconsin. And you coming to the SEC? Oh no. This this this, right. this is not. This hey, is man. not. Going, this is not gonna be. But you know, as Florida fans, man, we just hopeful. We just hopeful for some good things, man. We yeah, just I'm hopeful. hoping. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping. Yes, I am. But uh, hey, I just got to go by what I see, man. And this is oh, not really you. good. I know. I I knew he was bad, but like you got Josh out for three months. I'm like, he may be the guy. He, you know, he just new yeah. scenery. Me, you know, maybe this, lies, maybe that. Man, we were telling lies. <laughs> <laughs> You know the reporters. You know they, they get a glimpse of like ten minutes of practice. They're like, oh, you know, there's, there's some zip to that ball. There's some, you know, there's some yeah. cut. And I was like, oh man, he might be it. And then I was, uh, I think I was watching a movie when Josh was like, yo, the Orange or Blue game's on. And I was like, oh, it is. I ain't trying to watch it. Yeah. Like I already knew. <laughs> man, man my heart I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of the spring game. I, I already knew what it was going to be. I already, I already knew what I didn't. Nothing surprised me. Everyone's like, oh, we, we're we're terrible at quarterback. This is a surprise to you. Didn't wasn't a surprise to me. I already knew. But everybody uh, was on AR last year. Everybody was on AR last year. I know we're gonna get into back at a little later, but I'll I'll save that. Let me I I will stop. Go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. We we about to get into it right now. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's transition okay. time. So I guess yeah. I can, you know, we transition to AR now. We segue in these podcasts, huh? man. We 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 keep it professional. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Now> I got <laughs> so you know. And what what you what you want which part you want me to start at with this situation? 
Hey, I mean, we already we already know that uh, AR was a very integral part of the team, not just last year, but the year before. Um, he was a big play waiting to happen, and he was basically the reason defenses were honest last year in the first place, and, and couldn't yes. really even like key in on any other people, especially in the running game. But it's a night and day offense, and and that's just based on who's at uh, who's under center. So. Obviously, I mean, let, let's not bury the lead then. Like, you know AR. You've known him for a while. Um, Anthony Richardson. So for people who don't know who AR is. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, with the the uh, the hype surrounding him leading uh, to potentially a top five, top ten NFL draft pick, um, left the University of Florida to chase his dream, of course, and um, and. and Deontay, uh, you know, take it away. How how do you know AR? Uh, this is a very interesting story, very uh, <laughs> very uh, reminiscent of another uh, type of NBA type of situation. We'll go into that. Yeah, in yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson is actually actually my cousin. Um, I didn't know that to about maybe what was it about five years ago? Maybe we had a family reunion and. Um, and, they were like, and at the time, I knew about him because he was at Eastside. He was the quarterback there at a high school here in Gainesville. And they were saying, oh, this is your cousin. I was like, oh, really? So I talked to him. Great kid. Still is awesome. He's still an awesome kid. Very well-mannerable. He was raised the right way. Great, great high-character kid. Very smart, very intelligent. Um, so I, I don't know, not super close like that but we know we know of each other i would say that so um but he um i feel like he has a chance to be really 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 good if he goes to the he, he goes to the right situation which is you know that's any player at any position when they get drafted you you pray you go to the right situation and the right scheme that fits your skill set um because that's what's going to help you excel you know because a lot of these coaches which they're doing. The new coaches in the NFL are a lot better at this now, but back when it was early 2000s, 90s, or whatever, it was. Oh, we draft a quarterback, and he has to fit my system and do what I have to. What what my system is instead of building a system around of that quarterback skill set, a la Mike Vick in Atlanta. If 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 was it who was it Jim Moore? Mm. If he actually built a system around Michael Vick's skill set. They would have been a lot better than what they actually were, you know, because Andy Reid did that when he came back to Philly and Philly was scary with Michael Vick. Oh, yeah. You, at, you at talking my language on that one, man. That's Philly's my yeah, squad. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> yeah. They um they, they look good. They're going to be back again next year. But uh, <laughs> I mean, what, it's equivalent um, to Lamar but, Jackson, right? They built the offense around Lamar Jackson. Exactly. And that's why it was so. They built the offense around. And that I know we're not talking about Lamar What's Day. up with that? Oh. I, 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 yeah, exactly. That's, topic. that's that's a whole. But that that's that's the NFL versus Lamar Jackson. That's not the Ravens versus Lamar Jackson. But that's another story for another day. I could say we could save that one um, right, if we got right. time for it. I'll, I'll I'll get my perspective on it. But um, so each like I said, each player you want to you want to go to a situation where you're you're in a scheme and a skill and that, that fits your skill set. So if he goes, I feel like the best spot for him personally would be the Raiders. The reason being because you have a coach, Josh McDaniels, that, that knows how to work. Well, I, I will, we'll figure it out if he knows how to work with quarterbacks because the only one that he was good with was Tom Brady. 
Um, it was, which Tom probably made him in that respect. But um, you have a running game. You have a good offensive line. You got a running game with Josh Jacobs. You got some good receivers. You got Devontae, who might be the best in the game. And you have – they don't have Darren Wall anymore. They traded him, but they still have Hunter Renfro. So he has some pieces that, you know, that is enable a young quarterback to be pretty successful when he, come in, when he comes in. So that's that's my preferable landing spot, landing spot for him. But you know he 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 has a chance to be really good. I, I he's definitely better than Will Levis. So okay. you know. So question yeah, I got here is um, you know, like you say, you know, you're related to Anthony Richardson, and you're in the Gainesville area. He went to school in the Gainesville area. The family, like you said, loves football like you know if you're in Gainesville if you like me Josh went to University of Florida for four years we know that's a college town and they you know all they, they love their football so like how love do you football. like how do you or like or the family felt that someone from Gainesville went to like the University of Florida like to like basically this is like his home school like he actually went stayed and went you know went to UF top school you know it's a I'm asking that because it's before like I'm in I'm in South Florida and it used to be a thing where if you're from Miami you're playing for the U and that mystique died. Right, it died like years ago, but like Yes. Anthony Richardson was talented in high school. He could have went to any school, but like he chose Florida. So like like how did the family think about like him staying there and like his tenure, like his three years there? Like how, like what do you think about that? For me, I think I think it was awesome because he lived a dream that I didn't even, that I wanted to live, that I didn't do. So to see someone that actually fulfilled that is, uh, is, is awesome, man. Cause if you grew, if you're born in, 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 you know, if you, if you coming up in Gainesville and you go to middle school, high school here, and you play for the school here and you're the starting quarterback for that school being from Gainesville, that's, that's a, that is awesome man and for me it's a blessing it was a blessing and a curse from the outside looking in with with him because now my family we loved it because we're like oh it's somebody from my side of town where we grew up on he went he's at florida he's a, a upstanding citizen he's doing good he's doing well and he's he's on his way and all that good stuff but you know it, it from me on the outside looking in, it was a blessing and a curse because i've never seen a quarterback gets so much criticism. I didn't even see Jeff Driscoll get this much criticism. I didn't see Tim Tebow get criticism. I didn't see uh, Del Rio, or Treon Harris, or uh, Will Greer, whoever you want to put it. I've never seen a the Q deep get cuts. This much criticism. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I've never went to the QB archives, man. Dang. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen it before, though. It was just mind-boggling to me because I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, if we all know football, I understand. I understand we didn't have the talent around him to fully excel his stats or whatever you want to say. Who, name me one good receiver we had. Tight end. You you can't you can't name one. The, the Ricky Pearsall was okay. I, I give him that. Ricky Ricky Pearsall, Ricky, Ricky Pearsall in the slot. He had his moments, but I will, the route I running, would say he was a little overrated, especially from like his profile. What we expected him to be, kind of that slot type, West Welker shifty mm-hmm. type of dude, and 
I don't, I, there's not one receiver on that squad last year that could really shake and bake. Exactly. It nothing, wasn't, it didn't happen. nothing like that. And, and then you have you have people, the people that question his accuracy based on his percentage or based on him missing a throw, or you have them question his quarterback acumen based on him missing a throw. Um, because last I checked, it's a lot that goes into completing the pass. It's not just the quarterback throwing the ball. Did the receiver run the route correctly? Because there was a lot of rounded off routes like that I've seen. It was a lot of bad route running. Because I'm um, not other guys are young, but it was like Justin Shorter, he's not young. Terrible route run. Terrible. So, what, what would like, you say to like Florida fans? Because like, I know a lot of people, a lot of Florida fans, and they were they were giving it to AR all year. Like I remember yeah, last I year. I remember like two years ago. Like the whole like Emory Jones was finally gonna start, and AR was flashing. Like he was, you know, in those first two games he was flashing. And I remember in our group chat there was arguments or you know those debates. It's like, do we go Emory? Do we go AR? And that went on the whole season. But then when this past season, when when AR finally got his chance to shine, uh, that group chat went to, went into flames. <laughs> Every time, like like you said, so, so like so, what we, like how do you feel about Florida fans? Like in regards to the criticism that you know, like it seems like you think that was undeserving of AR. I feel it was like I said. I feel like it was unwarranted. I definitely feel like it was over the top. Um, the reason being because everybody, all the fans, quote unquote, because if you're a Gator fan, you support the players. And now, on on the flip side of that, I'm always, which Josh knows this, I'm not biased because that's my family. I always call it down the middle and I see what I see. I point out when he's not playing well or I point out um, certain things that I I know he could do better. Okay, cool. But the unreal expectations that they were were putting on him um, as far as, like, if he misses a throw – Oh, he's he's terrible. I'm like, okay. So the next day on Sunday, when I watch the goat play Tom Brady, I can I, he misses throws, he misses reads every every game, every single quarterback that has played football, every single game they have played, they have missed a read and they have missed a throw. It happens. So you can't sit up here and expect him to make. Every pass, yes, you go, you're going to miss some. Now, some of that goes to his inexperience with footwork. He had to get better at that, which later in the year he did. You know, but at the end of the day, you can't sit up here. You can't say, oh, he can't read a defense. Well, okay, did the, because to me, if the guy he threw the ball to was open, that means he read the defense correctly. Now, if he missed the throw, that's a completely different subject. That doesn't mean that he can't read a defense because he missed the throw. And on a, and on, and, and, and half the time, if he missed the throw, it could have been a bad route. Or it, it could have been because all, the passing game is about timing. It's about timing. So he's expecting this this player to break it down, break everything down at this, at this yard mark or whatever. And he broke it short, which caused him to overthrow the ball. Or... Mm-hmm. I've seen this a million times every well every game last year when we'll throw a fade or we'll throw a go route. The receiver is supposed to stack the DB, and he's supposed to make sure he leaves room between him and the sideline so the quarterback can drop the ball in to him. 
and they're running there they're not leaving that room so if he misses that throw now you're like oh, ar can't throw there was no room for him to leave the ball for the receiver to make a play so you can't say oh it's him no the receiver needs to fight better or have better technique to stack that db to make sure that he leaves that room on that sideline so he can drop the ball in because that showed that he was the best quarterback in play in play action pass. Mm-hmm. He was third in the country in yards per completion. He was third in complete. He was third in the country in, in yards per completion. So you can't. I can't sit up here and say he can't throw the ball because that later on in the year when he started to figure it out with what he had, he was playing on. He was playing a lot better with the talent that he had around him. And our offense was putting up over thirty some points a game. So they and you see how what we look like when he didn't explosiveness, yeah. Like Yeah, you see you see what he looked like when we didn't play? When he didn't play against Oregon State, what happened? Nothing. <laughs> no no nothing comment happened. on that. Exactly. exactly. You nothing could have been crickets. Oregon State. <laughs> Oregon State. We're the S we we are Florida. Oregon State punked us in the bowl game to where we had to kick a field goal at the end to make sure we didn't get shut out. A random bowl game at that. And Pat McAfee exactly. was jokes on us, man. Like that was that was yeah, offensive. man. It was bad. It was it was bad. <laughs> it was it was bad. It was bad, and I that's what I expected. I wasn't surprised. I knew what was going to happen because I know the talent that was around AR was subpar. So I knew when yeah. you remove that type of level of talent from that position, that it's not a running back. It's not. This is not a left tackle. This is not a receiver. This is a quarterback. So I knew when you remove that level of talent. From that game, mixed with the subpart talent that was already around him, I already knew what was going to happen. I was not surprised. I wasn't even mad. I wasn't mad at all. I already knew what was the result was going to be on offense. I knew Jack Miller wasn't that guy. I knew that from the jump. You know, so that's my that's my perspective on court because it's like you got people people watch the game and they say, oh, this person was open. That person probably wasn't even part of the progression of the play. And plus, the defense, and they look open because the defense is reading the quarterback's eyes. They're reading his where, where he's looking. So if somebody on the other side of the play is wide open, that's because the quarterback is looking this way, so the defense reacts that way. So it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. It's not just all on the, all on the QB. So that's, 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 my, that's, my, um, that's my thinking. That's just how that's just how I view it, man. It, it's it's a lot that goes into it. No, Nate Nate should have let him run a little more, but I feel like he was being a lot a little cautious because he knew that was the only playmaker we really had outside of Etn and and, and Montreal Johnson. And Hell, also, it showed. It showed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you yeah. think Ar? Do you think Ar held maybe held back a little bit, like with the running, like? Like I know, like the 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 popular opinion was, well, he's holding back because of his draft stock. Like you think that was the case, or like, or no. or, 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 or uh, was it injury, or it could be injury? Like he, he seemed like he, he seemed caught, you know hobble sometimes. I I now I do I don't think he was holding back because football is a sport you cannot hold back because that's when you get hurt. Um, so that's that's a hundred percent no no. Um, I do I do feel like. Maybe, maybe it was Nate was in his ear telling him to be careful, to be more careful instead of letting him just be him. Um, so because when you when you have your coach, I feel like when you have your coach telling you to to be careful and watch yourself, and and they're not letting you be you, 
you're second guessing yourself when you're out there playing football, and that's the wrong way to play, especially playing quarterback. That's not that's not a good way to play. So I feel like you should let him be more of himself because the times when he let AR be himself, we were explosive on offense. We were we were we were we, were, we, were, we looked like we had a, a really good offense when he let him be Anthony Richardson. And the yeah. times he did it, yeah. the times you were trying to hold back, which is, you know, it, that's when it, I was like, okay, I don't really like what we're doing. And then, and then we had we, like we had fans blaming Anthony Richardson for the Vanderbilt loss, and I'm like, did you guys watch that game? I was going to that up 400 yards in the eight alone. <laughs> like what I mean, exactly? And well, what are we talking? about? I'm like, okay, that definitely was on the defense giving up those penalties on third downs that extended drives, which enabled them to get points. Jason Marshall being dumb, catching a punt over his shoulder inside the 10 yard line. When you're told as a punt returner to put your feet on the 10 yard line, if it goes over your head, let it go. Why are you catching a punt over your shoulder inside the 10 that gave them a cheap touchdown? That's Anthony Richardson's fault though. That's what they say. That, that, that's his fault. You can't Speaking overcome bad. You can't overcome dumb penalties, especially when you're already challenged as a team. You can't overcome dumb mistakes. You have to be. You have to mentally be in the game. Good take on that one. Um, in, in regards to, I guess we're gonna continue a little bit of the controversy with AR. What do you think about the whole Emory Jones versus AR fiasco? I guess because it was like drama essentially that year. It was, it was something that damn mother Man. just. Didn't overcome. He, he, it was a thing. He, he was Emory Jones was his guy, and he loved him. That was that was he was loyal to, to Emory Jones. That was the problem. You um, think AR should have started? So as a freshman, yes, yes. But tell you why. I feel like this. If you're if you're starting over with a new team because the year before, remember that that was a playoff team we had the year before. But that's another story. Um. And that was Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen screwed that up. Screwed it up. Well, oh, yeah. Todd Grantham really screwed it up. But I couldn't really get upset. Yeah, I couldn't really get too mad at Todd looking back on it because it was it was COVID. Because so they didn't have as much practice and defense. Defense needs a lot needs needs a little time to, to gel together and work together. So it, I, I feel like that's why our defense struggled that year. Because um, offensively we were, oh my God, we were, that was the best offense in the country. Everybody knew that. Disgusting, but, man. Um, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, they were they were legit. Um, but that year, this is why I say you start him because when you see when when norm first of all, normally if a if an upperclassman and an underclassman, if the talent is equal, the coach always goes with the underclassman because he has more upside because he has more years. So, for me, I would have started him and let him make his mistakes. That year, get it, get all, get all the bad reps out, get, get, get everything out, you know, get his game experience, and let him, let him sit in in the off season. You watch all your game, watch all the plays that you had, and then you correct the mistakes you had. Then last year, all the, the little mis- the mistakes that he did make, they would have been corrected from the year before. So, and and plus, on top of that, you can clearly see the talent difference between Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. It, it, you can clearly see the man will come in for five plays and throw three touchdowns. Like, it's, so it wasn't. Dante, I want to talk like, about that real quick. Like, as especially as a family member, right? I'm sure, like, everybody has their popcorn ready. Game one, right? We're up against FAU. 
He starts busting out play after play after play. He's running like an 80-yard touchdown. Like he's he's skating on people, clocked at like 22 miles an hour or something like that, leaping over people. Yeah. Like what is what was y'all's reaction? Like just seeing him just utter greatness not as a redshirt freshman. Not surprised, man. Not surprised, Josh. I like it. Um, because you see the talent. You see, I see, we see the talent level, man. That man, that man is, he's a huge kid. He's 6'4", 240, runs a 4'4", super athletic, strong, the arm. You see the talent level. So I, mm-hmm. I was definitely happy and, and excited for him. That was my first reaction. But I wasn't surprised because I knew the talent level that he possessed. The man, mm-hmm. his talent level. Now his talent level and his potential and the skill set that he has I'm not saying he's going to be of for sure first ballot hall of famer but he he reminds me he he reminds me of Cam as far as his size and athleticism but I think he's more athletic than Cam you know oh, yeah. so those those he, measurables he quite a, comparable has, man yeah he's got he's got a special skill set to work with and I think any team would exactly. be happy to like just exactly whatever system like they feel is best for him. But like you've been now, that doesn't room, mean- right like mm-hmm. you let that controversy progress throughout the season. Like what does that do to the rest of the squad? Like do you think that made everything kind of sour? It does. Not necessarily sour, I wouldn't say that. Um I just feel like when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Um, because that's the one position, that's the only position that you have to be sure about. Now, let's let's think about the NFL. Every year in the NFL, the let's just think about the NFC and the AFC Championship. The best quarterbacks are always playing. Always. 90, 95% of the time. Who, who was the AFC Championship this year? It was Kansas City, Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. Let's go to the other side. San Francisco, even because even just for this year, I'm not saying uh, Brock Purdy is top five. I'm not saying that, but his numbers just for this year was top five-ish. And then you have Jalen Hurts on the other side. So you, the best quarterbacks are always playing. So you have to make sure. Um, as for me. That position has to be solidified because you're going to have people on the team that's thinking this player should be playing, and then you're going to have people on the team that thinking this player should be playing. So your team not is, is not fully going to come together as it should come mm-hmm. together. So that that's that's my take on it. So you have to pick a quarterback and live with it. You can't you can't have this, you can't have them come in this drive and then have the next one come in for two drives because that messes up the rhythm of your offense and it messes up the rhythm for that quarterback because say if, say if even Emory Jones came in and he completed seven straight passes and then the next drive you take him out and put AR in and then you put Emory back in and you wonder why he, he's throwing interceptions because I, I'm yeah so that's that's you have to pick one and live with it I would much rather yeah. you not play Anthony Richardson and just let Emory just play if that was going to be the case you know or 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 the vice versa just play Anthony and, and just leave it, uh, Emory Jones on the bench so Jay, it was, you and it, I were so both like you have two quarterbacks it does the best way true true 
Jay, you and I were both like super confused about that whole deal, man. And like it got to a point where like we didn't even know like what to think. Like we were like, is he gonna settle on something? Like this LSU game yeah. where he's leading us back is gonna this this might be just the the tell that just ends it all, right? But and, and you know, really and you know what? Like you know, and and then Dan Mullen decides to start Anthony Richardson against the arguably the best defense that ever graced college football. That's the game you want to start him. When you if you started him earlier and let him get his game reps in, he would have had a better game against Georgia. You don't start him that game. That's not no no. You should have just let Emory play. Yeah, I mean Emory would look good. That he Emory played Bama close. You know, like you know maybe he would have played exactly. Maybe he played Georgia close. We don't know. Yeah, he he definitely, he definitely did play. He, he bought us back against Alabama. We were down twenty one three, and he bought us back because he had game experience. Yeah, and. and- it's funny, you look back on both careers, right? The trajectories that things have gone. And Emory's transferred twice. Uh, first, Arizona State. Now he's at Cincinnati. Um, I have no idea what that situation is going to be like for him. But I wish him the best. Always have forever a Gator, you know what I'm saying? But, Jay, we saw this thing. We were like, it's going to be the beginning of the end. Because he might get you know in that type of rotational thing where... And we always say this. We always give it the Blake Barnett syndrome. There, I'm saying, if you did. Oh, God. Five star. <laughs> he had all the talent in the world and got beat out by a freshman. Right? Yep. And then he yep. can never find his footing in, in the next spot and just kind of keeps traveling, becomes kind of like that, that journeyman in college football. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he kind of makes it. Um, Wherever, you know, at Cincinnati and, and he finds himself, finds a career, maybe even it's a new position change, whatever. But, Jay, I mean, you got any uh, you got any further follow-ups, man? I mean, we talked a lot about Gator Shop. We talked a lot about NFL and, and what AR could potentially be. Uh, Darante, you gave us no. an amazing synopsis of, like, your recruitment and everything like that, but... Uh, I think this episode it's it's eye opening for me as someone who loves football and like as I'm getting more into recruiting and like learning more information about recruiting to get the other side of it. Like I always knew that it was about exposure with the camps and such. So now to hear firsthand from someone who who basically like oh, your career kind of was like career defining because you didn't participate in these quote unquote camps and maybe and you know these camps are they don't showcase the best it just showcase the people who are just there so yeah, it, exactly. it, it, it definitely yeah. brings light into that and um and i do appreciate you for giving us um non-biased takes on anthony richardson uh like like you said he's family and um you know you, you could have easily been been biased and not giving us the true take and you know but you know you, you gave it to us straight you know you praise him when he he deserved it by the same time you didn't when he so i do enjoy that um i think overall like this is like a very different episode that we usually do we usually go into a topic and we getting everyone's perspective on it but this is like interview style and it's very different and but i think it's it's cool because again like 
small world you and Josh know each other and it's like oh yeah by the way Anthony Richards is my cousin like, <laughs> like that's crazy like that's just like that's just like when, when he told me that I was like what like, it was like, yeah. it's, it was like and then he told me about your story a little bit so I was like it's it's good because again we, this whole episode is not focused on Anthony Richardson even though it's a it's probably half the episode but the other half was about the politics of football the politics of high school college football and it's yeah it's eye opening so like, even for people who like are not like sports fans and such it's I want people to really kind of digest what you just told us and see how like the politics that you're experiencing in high school and college is the same thing that happens at like, you know, work right and our and our yeah. jobs right now. The same thing, but now like absolutely to, to, for it to happen and something as sports, something like you know, people think sports are trivial and such and just hobbies. Like no, these like this is like like you know, people are are donors. People are investing. People are like whether you're investing in yourself or investing mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Or like you know. It's about like who you know. It's all about you know connections and, and networks, and you know you're gonna go to if 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 I'm a big booster in Florida, I'm gonna make sure you do whatever I can for this kid to come to Florida because he's gonna go exactly. to every caps and shine and come to Florida's Friday night lights and uh, whatever like you know junior day and all that stuff that they usually do. So it's yep. it's it's eye opening. I mean, Josh, like, it, I mean, what, what do you think? I guess when you think about what we just did within this hour, like, kind of digest what this episode kind of really means. So before we do that, I and I know I'm going to extend it a little bit, but I want to get one more opinion from from everybody, and and I think that layer is nil, right? That's the biggest wrench right now in college football, and and I'll start with you, Jay, like. How do you think, especially what you just said about like the business element of football that already existed, how do you think this like amplifies or or changes the landscape? Because now fans are like involved in almost the recruiting process indirectly. Yeah, it's tricky. I kind of go back, back and forth like every other week in regards to this. It's well, because I it's think, just so crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like on paper, NIL, and for people who don't know what NIL is, right, name, image, likeness, college players can finally get paid, essentially. So I'm, I'm all for it. College players deserve to get paid. Like if, if, if you think about a school like Florida, like think how much money just a football program is making off of them. Like imagine when Tebow was the, the rock star. Right, like he was a celeb. He was a celebrity as a twenty-year-old because, like, he yep. like the things he were doing, he was doing, and he didn't get a dime from Florida. Like he, quote unquote, like, like he wasn't, he wasn't getting it. Right, like from what we know, you know, think about all the jersey sales, the number fifteen jerseys. He wasn't getting that. Right, like he, if if let's just imagine Florida made like. I'm being modest, right? Like a million dollars off of Tebow. He didn't get that. So now that now with NIO, players can get their cut on that. That's pretty good. But then the flip side of it is now you're kind of like buying players. So I was kind of okay. Like I'm okay with if you're going to sell like my my name, image, likeness, like the school should pay me for that. But then if I'm a if I'm a 16 year old and you're telling me I'm going to give you a five million dollar contract to play for Florida. That's where things get iffy because now it's basically saying like it's pay for play. 
it, it, it wasn't like NIO supposed to be like, you're going to get your just dues. So if I'm balling, like, you know, I'm balling, I'm going to get what I deserve. But then, because I earned it, right? Like, I produced on the field, and I'm getting what I earned. Then I'm, you're going to get a 16, 17-year-old a $5 million contract based on possibly potential. But then you, but you, so it's like you're buying these players. And if you have a school like Texas A&M, who a lot of alumni are just crazy loaded, especially with the oil industry, and they just threw money and it was a complete failure. Now it has people thinking twice about it. Like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And it, it's going to break eventually. Like, this is just, it needs monitoring. It, it's good and it's bad. I think, I think NIO needs to be done when you're in college or not, I'm going to give you money. You know, I'm going to use this as a way to persuade you for recruiting. Like I'm 17. If I'm going to choose, I really want to go to Florida, but they want to give me a million dollars. And LSU is giving me 10 mil. Well, of course I don't, no ties to LSU, but if you give me 10 mil, I'm going to go to LSU. And I probably hate the coach, but 10 mil is 10 mil. So it's, it's, it's iffy, right? Like it's true. And Dariante, what you thinking about that, man? Especially as like a former recruit, like NIL, like in the past, like what would that have been? Yeah, oh man, that would have been crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely would say, man, it's, uh, I feel like it does need some monitoring and I do, and I feel like it should be based on class classification. So if I'm a freshman, I should be allowed to, it should be capped because these kids are young, but and some some of these kids are making making decisions to go to colleges that that's not probably not even culturally or or it's not suitable for them. So because if I'm if I'm from Gainesville, Florida, like I am, I'm gonna go to my Florida school. But like you said, if the Texas A and M comes calling and say, "Hey, wanna give me ten million, I'm probably gonna commit there. And I don't even know anything about College Station. You know, so it's. I feel like it shouldn't, in recruiting, it shouldn't be a thing. Now, once they commit, then you can set all that stuff up with the kids or, and, and hey, we got this NIL deal for you. We got this NIL deal for you once they commit. But using it as recruiting, it's just like you're just buying players. I feel like you're extorting these young guys. Man, some of these guys are 15, 16, 17 years old. You know, and then some of these guys come from, you know, they, they come from, not probably not the 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 most the most wealthiest background and and you're like oh and so and then some of these guys know that like, oh, i'm gonna throw this money out and they're gonna commit no i feel like that's not that's not a good thing to do because we just looked at the cormani mcclain situation you know he's solely committed to oh miami because they do <laughs> it all florida like he was all florida and then he committed uh, Miami just solely based on a big deal. You know, and then now he's at Colorado with Prime. Yeah, that was tough. You know, so, yeah, hey. so it's, I feel like it does need some monitoring. I feel like it should be rules to where you they can't do anything NIL until they commit to your school. Um, but even still, you can still kind of use that in recruiting if they were to do that and say, hey, if you come here, we got this NIL deal waiting for you. You can't sign it yet. But if you come here, then this is wait for. So it's like they, they got to find some type of way to do to do something about it. I now I love it because those guys should have been getting paid. Because like you said with Tim Tebow, man, 
about all the money that he made the University of Florida and he didn't get quote unquote he didn't get anything. That's that's not right, man. That's 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 basically that's that's kind of like slavery. I'm doing all this work to get nothing because nobody was coming to see Urban Meyer. They were coming to see Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin. And then when, when, to piggyback on what you're saying, to think about how many stories have you heard of college players? Yes, you're getting a scholarship, right? So what, what are you getting? Like Florida, when we went, right? Florida was like maybe, what was it, $15,000 a year, right? Somewhere so, like that. Yeah, twelve, fifteen. Yeah. Right, for, for like your, your yearly tuition room and board, right? That's like less than minimum wage, right? At the time. Oh, that was minimum wage at the time. How yeah. many stories have you heard of people of like... Scholarship players, like, yo, like, I have nothing to eat. Like, I'm hungry or, like, I don't have any money to, like, do anything if I want to buy myself Man, something. No. Your, You're poor, right? It's my, actually, like... My, my father-in-law, that was he, that was kind of part of his story when he committed to go play college ball, college football back in his days. And and that was that was the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere up in that time frame. And he, he would tell stories about how the meal plan doesn't even cut doesn't cover the weekend. That's just three weeks. He didn't he didn't know that. Sheesh. Until he got you know, until he got there. So yeah, it's 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 some stuff, man. Like it's you gotta you gotta you gotta read read the scholarship, read everything, and know what you're getting into. And because it's and because it's like you're telling me I can't go make money because I'm a college athlete. But the the science student can go have a job, but because I play football, I can't work. Yeah, actually, you bring up a good yeah, point. I remember there. this story. That doesn't make like, sense. What, what, the, the the come on, man. That doesn't make sense. I could I could be in school to be a teacher. I can go get a job and make money. But me, because I because I play football or because I play basketball or whatever, I can't get a job. I can't get a job. Yeah, I remember this story. Maybe it was like five, ten, that like around sense. five years ago. This guy, I, I want to say he was a football player, or he was an, he was a, he played for U, uh, UCF. And I don't remember what sport, but he oh, was making something. Huh? Yeah, the punter. Yeah, I don't remember. Punter, I don't remember the kicker. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it was him, but he, but he was making side money from streaming, right? Like from Twitch or YouTube. Yep. And YouTube. yeah, and they kicked him out. He's of the still doing yeah. it. But they kicked them out because of that. It's like, no, no, because like, you violated. Yeah. It's like, yo, like I, I'm making side money. It's, like, it, has, it had nothing to do with football or anything. He's just whatever YouTube channel he was doing. And what's cra- he's one of the biggest YouTube streamers still. His name is Destroying. He goes around and he holds one-on-one tournaments with um, in different areas. Um, you know, with like different one-on-ones with football and all that good stuff. And he like the winner gets like ten thousand or whatever. Um, he he does that. He he goes everywhere. And I mean, he went to Hawaii. And did one, so it's yeah, he goes everywhere giving back to the community. So he's um he he's still he's still around, you know he's still doing that. He has a, a few million YouTube subscribers. Hey, I mean I love at the end of the day that the athletes are at least you know in a position where they can get their just due. Now it's it's got to get you know adjusted to where they're not taken advantage of to everyone's point, uh, but it yeah. is good to at least see that value, you know. Um, being yeah, exactly know, coming back to the athletes, right? Uh, yeah, because look, look at Arch Manning. Arch, that, that's that's clear yeah. politics. I don't think Absolutely. he's that good. I'd agree. I'd agree. I I think he's average, but because you could go look at his high school stats, number one, you could look at the fact that he was ducking going to camps. 
And why? Because if, if, me, if I'm the number one overall recruit, I got to go show why I'm the number one overall recruit. That's just me. But That's what he was think, ducking right? camp. Heavyweight champ. Yeah, you're right. I'm. I got to go. I got to go show everybody why I'm the top dog, and I'm going to leave no question about why I'm the top dog. So, yep. he was ducking camps. He was. He was just living off that last name, Manning. You know, and I, I mean, I just, I just don't think he's that good. That's just me. So that goes back to the politics part we was talking about earlier. That's just his last name, man. Because it, the guy that just committed to Tennessee, what's his name? Um, he has that long. You guys know who I'm talking about. The, oh the, yeah, the yeah, top, yeah, yeah. Whatever. He just got. Nico. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, Nico. Yeah, him. He is light years better than Arch Manning. Like, way better than Arch Manning. DJ Lagway better than Arch Manning. It's, it, he's not. He's. I know. Nah, I hope he proves me wrong. Like I said, yeah. If, I, if I'm proven wrong, then cool. But uh, he's you no. Know, that go. This. But you know his. That goes back. I was basically making a point with the politics and the NIL and everything. So his, he right. used his name to get that to get that NIL and everything. So it's. Hey, that's just how it goes now, man. But they got they got to regulate it. They got to regulate you, man. I feel you. And, and it's going to come. It's just going to take some time, man. But y'all, you know, we've had a we've had an episode and a half, literally. And it's been it's been fun rapping with everybody, man. It's been fun, like, you know, Definitely. shooting breeze with y'all, talking ball, uh, getting to know you, Dariante, your story, uh, getting a, a little peel behind the onion once again with, you know, AR situation, kind of kind of getting a true blue take from a. Uh, from Gators, man. It's been a great time, great conversation. Dariante, yes, man, uh, you know, tell us where uh, where people can follow you, what you got going on, you know, if you got anything you want to plug, uh, definitely, you know, we want to uplift it. Now you guys can, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Audemar, Audemar underscore dreams. Um, that's, my, that's my Instagram, Instagram name, and I'm actually – Looking to start my my podcast pretty soon. Hey, can you guys, welcome to can you guys the club, man. Yes, sir. We got yeah, you. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, um, I thought my phone went out for a second, but I'm looking to start my podcast pretty soon called the Mail Room. Um, and it, and I'm looking to start um about June 15th. Start my first episode. Um, but it'll be more on that. You know, we'll talk about sports and you know and you know men life stuff and it'd be a mixture of things of that nature so i'm looking i'm I'm excited about that i was supposed to start over a year ago but things happen fatherhood you know working and all that good stuff but hey we know um, but we i know. have that i have that going yeah man so i uh i'm in a place now where i'm more a little bit more settled so i'm looking to start soon um but you can follow me on instagram at Audemar underscore dreams um you know that's a kind of a peek into my family and i just post me and my family pretty much all the time so you know that's 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 what we do that's what i do appreciate that and we will definitely put your uh, ig information on the our information on the the description on the podcast and such and we'll definitely put on our own ig we'll definitely shout you out uh can't wait for your podcast uh definitely want to be a special guest you guys will be coming on uh, you guys definitely gonna be coming on. That's that's not that's a no brainer. That's easy. Yeah, I definitely want to do that, especially now. Now I have entered fatherhood, I could I feel like I can relate to you guys. So I definitely want to yeah, exactly. talk about that. Hey, I'm just here for the lessons yeah. and mentorship, man. But 
You know, we we can talk shop any man. We can talk shop any day, any time, any place, man. But we gotta we gotta give the audience the you know the chance to rest their ears a little bit. Uh, yeah. Thank everybody you know in advance for listening to this episode of the Genuine Content Podcast. Once again, this is Jay and Josh. You know, with our guest Dariante, thank you again for joining, man. You're part of the family now. We appreciate that. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do on any platform. Man, this has been a fun one. But, you know, this is genuine content, genuine vibes. Jay, take us out, man.